Hello friends. I have a couple of announcements before we jump into today's episode. First, I want to tell you about a free class I have coming up on Thursday, February 1st, 2024. This class will be a combo of gentle movement, breath work, and restorative shapes accompanied by guided relaxation and contemplation questions. I'm calling it rest and contemplation, and it feels like exactly what is needed in this moment. It's all about tuning out the external noise so that you can tap in and listen to your own inner guidance. Find out more at the link in the show notes. The second thing I want to mention is that there will be two homecoming episodes in January of 2024, and then I'll be taking a pause for a bit to focus on other things. I have really loved doing the podcast for the past two years, but now other things are calling for my attention. One of those things calling is creating some new videos for my YouTube channel. I'll link to that YouTube channel in the show notes so you can subscribe to the channel and be sure to be notified when I upload some new stuff. And remember, there are so many great past episodes of Homecoming and the Swimming and Singing podcast to listen to. So be sure to check out the full podcast archive on my website. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Homecoming podcast. The Homecoming podcast shares conversations, practices, and inspiration for returning home to your true self. I'm Sarah Elaine Nelson, a certified yoga therapist and yoga teacher, working mostly online using the traditional practices of yoga along with modern technology to help you create more ease and joy in your life. I'm so excited to welcome Michelle Cassandra Johnson to the podcast today to chat about dreams. Michelle is a teacher and mentor of mine and has inspired me to keep showing up as my authentic self. Her book, We Heal Together, has been transformative for me. And in today's chat, we dig into just one chapter of that book, the chapter on dreams. Michelle is an author, an activist, a spiritual teacher and practitioner, a racial equity consultant and trainer, and intuitive healer. She approaches her life and work from a place of knowing we are, can, and must heal individually and collectively. She teaches workshops and immersions and leads retreats and transformative experiences nationwide. Michelle leads courageously from the heart with compassion and a commitment to address the heartbreak dominant culture causes for many because of the harm it creates. She inspires change that allows people to stand in their humanity and wholeness in a world that fragments most of us. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the Homecoming Podcast. Thank you, Sarah, for inviting me to be on the podcast. I'm excited to be in conversation with you. Thank you. I am excited to speak with you. So the premise of the Homecoming podcast is sharing practices and conversations that help bring us back to ourselves. And um, we might call that, you know, true nature or inner wisdom, divine, lots of different words for it. 
And today I thought you and I could chat about dreams and the way that dreams help us tap into that um, true self or inner wisdom. And if you don't mind, I thought it might be interesting if you wanted to start with the story that you share in your book, We Heal Together, about losing your ability to dream. Yeah. Um, so in 2014, I um, went outside of my house, the back door. It was early one morning. It was icy on a ramp that we had on the back of the house so my mom could access getting into the house. She has a disability. And I was walking to my office. I was a clinical social worker at the time. I was going to see clients and just walking through my backyard and my neighbor's yard to my office. And I slipped on the ice on the ramp and I hit my head. I'm not exactly sure what happened. And I've heard many people who've had concussions or um, injuries of this kind that I don't know if I passed out. I don't know if it was just a moment I was stunned. I can't remember. What I do remember is wanting someone to come and help me and wondering if anyone had heard the fall. Um, and I went to see my client. I got up, went to see my client, and I started slurring my words in the session and doing things that I was witnessing in myself that I was like, this is odd. And the client, I had seen this client for a long time, and I'm so glad that she knew me well enough to know, like, oh, this is not, like, something's maybe going on. Because if she hadn't have known me, I think she would have thought I'd been drinking at, like, 8 in the morning and come into session. Because I sounded like that when I was slurring my words. And I ended up and um, went to urgent care. I had a concussion. And um, prior to the concussion, I remember that I had dreams. I didn't remember them in great detail, but after the concussion, it felt like I would I would go to sleep and it felt like I would black out and would completely be in this void space, but not gathering any information, just black out. And then I would wake up in the morning. This happened several times and I would be surprised that I woke up, which was scary because it was almost as if I thought I'm, when I went to sleep, I don't know where I'm going. Something's going, I mean, I have a, a head injury, right? Something's going on. And I would always be surprised when I would wake up and it would just feel like this darkness. And then I would wake up and be surprised. And I realized, oh, I'm not, I'm not dreaming, which likely meant I wasn't getting into REM sleep. Um, and I wasn't really resting, which is common when people have concussions that it can be hard to fall asleep or stay asleep um, or get into REM REM sleep. And it was concerning to me that I wasn't dreaming and was more in this sort of what felt like a blackout space um, night after night. And so I, sh I reached out to a friend, her name is Carla, and I was talking to her about this. And she, um, Carla is a mystical being and she was creating these tinctures. And so she said she would create a tincture for me to access my dreams. She also is someone who's had vivid dreams for many, many years. And I think that's why I brought it up to her. And she made a tincture with um, mugwort in it. And it had um, valerian root in it as well. Um, I think it had skull cap in it. And it's likely had a few other things in it. But I remember the mugwort because it's become an herb that I 
work with and a medicine I work with a lot actually to, to get into that space of um, lucid dreaming and also just a more dreamy way of being, I would say is how I engage mugwort. Um, and so I took this tincture that she made for me and I started to have the most vivid dreams and was receiving messages in my dreams. And I started to keep a dream journal to track the messages. And I mean, it was, I think the first night I took it, it just opened up what felt like a portal to dream time. And um, this went on for a long time because I kept working with the tincture and I was really grateful for the tincture and that access to the portal for dreaming. And um, it it also felt like something was um, waking up inside me and in my consciousness during dream time. And looking back, I have these dream journals on my bookshelf, which is to my right. Looking back, I mean, so many of the messages that came through in the dreams were connected to things that were either happening in the world or happening in my life or both. Uh, And I continue to take mugwort um, now when I go to sleep to invite in that that um, more loose, I mean, mugwort is, is used for lucid dreaming. And sometimes that's what I experience. And more of what I experience is this portal, this opening to whatever messages might want to come through or people or energies that might want to come to me during dream time. So that's a, that's a little of the story of losing the capacity to dream or something disrupting that and then re-entering that space And the other thing is that, you know, a lot of people who've had concussions or um, head injuries talk about being in a more liminal space. And that's definitely how I felt when I started to work with this medicine and tincture. And I actually felt some of that before, but I didn't really know what it was. And then it became clear, like I felt like I was in the in-between space. I felt like I was there were more signs and symbols coming to me during waking hours, right? So not just during dream time. So both were happening. And I know that's a, I've I've heard that from several people. So I wish I had not had a concussion. And also it opened up so many things for me that have led um, me to talk about dreams and how we can bring what comes through during dream time into our waking life to respond to what's happening for us in our lives and what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for that story. Are there, so you just, I feel like shared a really good example of a way to set ourselves up to remember our dreams or to connect with them. Um, Maybe if there's people who don't want to take a tincture, I'll be honest, it scares me a little bit. Are there other ways we can we can set ourselves up to have um, have dreams? Yes, this is a great question because some people will not feel comfortable working with something like mugwort or any. There there are other um, herbs, medicines, allies we could engage for dreaming and other practices that don't require us to take something. I do want to say that if people feel uncomfortable taking a tincture, you can, and you're actually interested in mugwort. You can use mugwort as a smudge. It grows all over my yard. You can you can dry it and use it as a smudge. You can make mugwort tea if that feels better than ordering a tincture, right? You can make a tincture yourself. And my point is to have a relationship with whatever you might be um, inviting in to be an ally for your dream time. And the, there are many other ways. So 
Um, a dream journal is is one way, and I know I talk about this in, in We Heal Together, where you can, um, you know, if you have a dream and you um, awake from that dream, you can have a journal next to your um, bed or where you sleep and just jot down things that came through in the dream because often once we start to really wake up, we forget unless something reminds us. This happens to me all the time. In the middle of the day, someone will say something or I'll see a picture or image of something and it will remind me of the dream that I've had um, the night before. So um, people can keep a journal to just record, even if it doesn't make sense and you're like just writing down three things from your dream. I've found that that enhances our capacity to, to remember our dreams and invites in more messages and symbols and archetypes and all sorts of things that can come through during dream time. So there's a dream journal. Um, I also feel like the practice in a, in a space that feels safe enough for people to do this of sharing our dreams with people and you just choose wisely who you share these things with and inviting in a conversation. Of course, there are dream groups too, um, where you can be in conversation about what's coming through because sometimes there are themes that are similar in those spaces as people are doing their dream work that come to them in there as they slumber and then they talk to someone else and that same person's had a dream that is similar. So normalizing a conversation about dreams, I would say. Um, there are two other things that come to mind uh, right now. And one is that in addition to a dream journal, you, if there is like a table next to your place, the place where you sleep can have things on there to invite in dreaming. So, I'm sitting at my desk right now and there's a piece of amethyst that is sitting right across from me in front of me. Um, amethyst is good and you can use it in meditation. You can use it to connect to higher self or to spirit or source. Um, that could be something or a stone of choice. Um, could be something to have on your, your dream altar. It's, it's almost like building a dream altar to invite in that kind of energy uh, of dreaming and deepening your awareness of your dreams. You might have something that is representative of ancestors if you're inviting them to come in during dream time. Um, you might have something that's connected to sleep for you or, or restful sleep so that you can get into that space where you're dreaming and then able to recall dreams. Uh, it, you might actually, I mean, I have a, some things next to my bed um, and also having like a clear space. So sometimes that nightstand gets cluttered, which is going to clutter my sleep time. I'm pretty clear about that. And so be mindful of how you set up your altar. You don't need that many things. You can have one thing on it that's connected to dreaming for you. Um, so there's the altar, there's the journal, there's talking to people about dreams, and then they're setting an intention for dreaming. So this just this week, I've been revisiting a practice that um, a naturopath shared with me a long time ago, pre-concussion. Um, and they said, when you go to sleep, you invite in restful sleep, you set an intention for dreaming, you can set an intention for, if you're, if you're wanting to dream and receive messages about something specific in your life, you can set an intention around that and invite that energy in as you're getting ready to fall asleep. Sometimes this happens in the that liminal space when you're not fully awake and not fully asleep where you can set this intention. But you could also say it as you're like getting into 
the bed or wherever wherever one sleeps. Um, you could set your intention there. So those are a few practices that don't require a tincture or a tea or anything like that, that I found to be really useful. Yeah. Thank you. I love that idea of just like bringing mindfulness into it instead of, I think many of us fall asleep, like looking at the phone or you know, just doing other things, oftentimes listening to a podcast for me, um, but really bringing more sacredness to, to the time to, to rest and intention. Mm-hmm. So in We Heal Together, you share several of your dreams and, um, and then you share the, the understanding and the messages that you received in the dreams. Um, I, I oftentimes can remember my dreams, but like, I can't make sense of, of what, of what, I, I just can't figure out what the message might be. So can you talk a bit about how well, I mean, I guess the term is dream interpretation. How do you figure out what the messages coming through are? Well, I mean, to me, this feels connected to messages we we receive during our waking hours, right? In, in our um, waking life uh, and a connection to to intuition. And so, for example, since I was a young child, I have found four leaf clovers. Um, and I still find them all the time. And sometimes they're associated with luck or abundance, or sometimes it feels like, oh, spirit is connected to me, right? Um, and my partner, for example, he just found his first four-leaf clover, I don't know, a month ago or something, right? And for a long time, you'd be like, it was pattern recognition for you. You just notice it. And maybe it is in part, but I found them since I was a child and I'm 48 years old. So if I see that in a in a dream, that means something to me because it's a symbol that has come to me in my waking life for many, many years. Um, feathers started coming to me when I moved to Portland. I lived there for part of 2017 and 2018, and I started to find them everywhere. Mm-hmm. At that time in my life, they were I was there was a lot of upheaval. Um, and transition, and they felt connected to ancestors and remaining light. Like, remember the light, Michelle, because you're moving through these times that feel heavy to you, or or perhaps feel dark in the sense of uncertainty and um, being in the unknown. And you're not alone in this process or um, on this walk or, or journey. And so these feathers are representative of that. Um, if I see that in a dream, that's a reminder. And so I just want to start there because I think we receive messages all of the time and it's starting to tune into those during our the waking hours so that we can invite those in or when they show up, we have some point of reference or association in a dream. Um, and I can tell people what I think the symbols mean in their dreams. And, and I mean, I'm fairly intuitive. So I can, I can do that at times. And what feels more um, perhaps um, important, I think, for me to share is that people, um, I can say a feather means this to me, but it may not mean the same thing to them. And so I want to invite people into like, where are you noticing symbols and um, these symbols showing up and what else is going on at the time? And what does that mean, mean to you? So there's that. Um, the other piece is that 
when I have dreams and, and recording them, um, sometimes it's in great detail and sometimes it's just a few things. And if symbols come through, I'll, I'll look at what else is going on in my life or in the world right now and how might the symbol connect with that. For example, I had a dream when I, the day I, I was offered a job when I was moving to Portland, I was there at the organization where I ended up working for a year. I, I went in that day, I was offered a, a job. I went um, that evening to my Airbnb and I had a dream about a baby snake, a snake bite and a huge snake um, that I think was the mother of the baby snake. Well, I just, I was moving across the country. I was um, making a big change in my life. I had just accepted a job. Snakes are connected to shedding skin, to transformation, often in many traditions and lineages. It made all the sense in the world to me that that snake was um, inviting me to be in that transformative process. And also the bite felt like an initiation into that year where all those things were going on. And so, I had a connection to snakes in that way, understood them as transformation, but it also made sense given what was happening. So I'd invite people to be like, what, what's going on and how might the symbol, whatever it is, a flower, a stone, an ancestor, a word, an image that comes up in a dream, how might it connect to what else is happening for that individual or in, in the macro, right, in the larger world? Um, and I'll, I'll also say that um, sometimes it takes time to build an association with symbols, right? And so, uh, you know, someone might be like, well, I don't, I don't know what that, you know, fuchsia flower meant in my dream and it might show up again, or they might be curious about what it could mean. And I think just going with that curiosity um, and seeing how that feels, um, because I've noticed that when I go with that, often there's some affirmation that shows up later that's like, yes, that's, that's what it means. So that's a little of a, a practice around working with, with symbols. And the mind will get in the way, I think, of interpreting, like overthinking can happen because people really want to figure it out. And I'm talking about the intuition and a deeper wisdom and inviting people into what symbols already show up for me, right? And then how, are the, how is this mirrored during dream time? Yeah. Um. Yes, I love that it, your explanation, you can't just grab a book or Google it and see, like there's there's some patience to it and a lack of urgency and um, I guess the devotion to getting to know yourself a little bit better and spending spending time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course I have Googled and been like, what does this mean if this happens in my dream? There's nothing wrong with that. It might give someone some information to be like oh oh maybe right it's not exactly that but it's like a clue and so i don't want to there are there are many resources about dream interpretation online and books and you're right i'm inviting people into developing a relationship with intuition and their dreams which is a bit of a different way and technique right yeah and i could see how even just talking to someone sharing the dream sometimes when we course, like writing is one way of understanding it, but then sometimes talking about stuff also brings up connections that I might not have seen when I was just writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
in We Heal Together, and I also want to say that We Heal Together is not a book exclusively on dreaming. There's a chapter on dreaming. So for the listeners, um, but in We Heal Together, you say, our dreams communicate with us and give us information from other realms about what we need to know in this realm. Can you give us an idea a little bit about what, what realm, where are they coming from? And um, yeah, what realm is that? I think that's such an interesting question. Um, I kind of, you know that I have um, honeybees and I was actually sitting with them earlier today. Um, it was about 70 degrees today, so they were pretty active. And um, once it warmed up, we're out and one hive was doing a huge orientation dance, which is where they orient to their hive. Either they were just born, which I, I doubt that if given the time of year and they orient or they orient as they're preparing to become foragers or it was sunny and they wanted an infusion of the sun is my gut. That's what I think was happening because they were like coming out of the hive. And I was like, oh, they want the sun. They want to feel the sun. And as I was watching them, I looked up and I, you know, I do this often with my bees where they ascend and then I can't see them anymore. And um, then I see them when they get close to the hive and they come back in. And I love watching this because they're still there. I just can't see them anymore. And I imagine that, I mean, often they're going to gather resources, but because honeybees are mystical, I feel like they're also gathering information to bring back to their hive, to bring back to this this earthly realm. And honeybees are said to be psychopumps so that they can work between realms, in particular helping people transition from the earthly realm um, to to the cosmos or heaven or the above or wherever wherever one believes they they might go but i also believe they can go to other realms and gather the information that we need for our for our collective healing and your question is making me think about this because i love this like where to where do dreams come from right what what realm are we going to and the bees, I'm thinking about them because I can't see them anymore when they ascend, at a, to, when they get to a certain point. And so it can feel intangible. It's like they're going somewhere and then they come back into my vision and they go into the hive with pollen or whatever they might be bringing into the hive. And I think about dreaming this way that we can access if it's the cosmos or an ancestral realm or often for me, I do think about ancestors or the above or the cosmos um, I also think about the below realm, the earth, the core of the earth and where I might be traveling, depending on the nature of the dream. Um, and so I, I, I think about um, accessing some other realm besides this earthly realm, whether that be the above or the below, to gather information that's being shared with me during my dreams through symbols, through images, through words, through ancestors coming to me, through sometimes things that may not make sense to me so that I can apply them in, in my waking life. Um, and I think opening up to dreaming does in my, I mean, this, this feels true to me and my experience, I, I need to believe in other realms to open up to, to dreaming and the way we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and other spiritual realm. I mean, I'm a yoga teacher and spiritual practitioner, right? And so 
need to believe that there's something else that's happening as whatever is happening on earth is happening that might help us here on earth is often how I think about dreams too. And, and journeying and, and accessing those other places, right, to bring harmony into this, this realm, um, if that is possible for us, us to do. So I think our dreams come from um, various places. There is a truck, which you can probably hear, that's just backing up <laughs> on earth doing things. Um, so sorry about that. And Jasper's grumbling in response to that. But I think our dreams come from um, other realms, right? And and people can think about what that means to them and what mm. they what they believe in. Um, but there's something beyond our bodies, right? There's something beyond w- what is um, what we can see with our eyes. And there's a practice in shamanism that's called looking beyond, where we where we look beyond the thing we're actually viewing because the eyes can be deceiving. So I think dreams invite us into this portal space. Um, and into that imaginative space. Uh, and, and we can think about this with like daydreaming too, where we're awake and we're dreaming, where are we going, right? And we're lost somewhere, maybe we're not even lost, but we've like journeyed somewhere and then something brings us back. I think dream, dreaming when we're asleep feels similar to me and that it's a journey somewhere. And then I'm gathering information just as the bees are and coming back. Yeah, and that that leads into my next question, which I feel like I know the answer to, but do you have to be asleep to be dreaming? So I feel like um, sometimes with acupuncture, I'm dreaming, but I'm not asleep. Yoga Nidra, which you talk about in that chapter and we heal together. I love this question. I don't think we have to be asleep. I think what we're talking about is the, the between space and the liminal space. Uh, between being fully awake and fully asleep, that we can gather information that may happen in the form of a dream when we are asleep. It may happen in in a yoga nidra or deep rest practice. It may happen in a meditation for someone or acupuncture, as you said, or any healing we are doing. Um, So I I don't think we have to be asleep. It's more that... um, whatever conditions allow us to be in that space where the nervous system is relaxed enough and settled enough um, so that we can be open and receptive to um, things coming through. It's not necessarily, it, it could feel like a trance state, but I'm not saying that that's what it has to be. I don't know that we need to go into a trance. It's more of a like, I'm here and I'm there and I'm everywhere. It's like that kind of feeling um, or floating is sometimes how it feels to me Mm. Um, or really, really grounded sometimes is how it feels to me. Um, But more in the core of the earth, not like here in this plane as we're talking, but like the depths of the, the earth, the layers of the earth. It can feel like that too that liminal space where more can come in, where my mind is out of the way, like my conditioned responses are, mm-hmm. are have quieted down enough for me to be in that between space. When you, when you just brought the nervous system in, it made me think about nightmares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where do nightmares fit into dreaming? I mean, this is, I don't, this is a great question. I'm not sure, except that I do think our 
um, and I've written a little bit about this, that our, our minds are trying to, when we're able to get into that liminal space or rim space and dream space, that our minds are often trying to problem solve. And having been a therapist for a long time, um, I do think about, I worked with a lot of people who'd experienced trauma um, and experienced nightmares. And I think there was reprocessing that was happening over and over that emerged in the, and manifested in the form of nightmares. I also feel like, you know, for me, I cannot watch any um, violent anything. Um, I have not always been this way, but I would say when I turned about 20, and I, I don't exactly know what was happening for me when I turned 20, um, but I, I re like realized I can't watch these things because I'm going to dream about them. I can't hear like something. I have to like leave the room because I'm like, I'm going to dream about it later. And that's been going on for a long time. Um, and so I'm naming that because I, I think I'm sensitive and, and others may be sensitive too to these kind of things and the way they get weaved in. And then my mind is trying to problem solve and manifest a nightmare even though it's from a movie that I watched and it wasn't real. And of course, I mean, we know there is a lot of trauma that is happening that is playing out right now. So it's not in the form of a, of a movie I'm watching, right. That was produced and made and, you know, written by someone. Um, so I, I, I wonder if the, the mind is trying to problem solve. I also wonder if it's our sensitivity um, and those of us who are empathic by nature, um, if these these things get weaved in and we're trying to respond to what's happening and of course what's happening in the world um, and when I have like this isn't wasn't your question but when I have dreams that I'm like what I had one that I was like this makes no sense at all um, I don't I don't like over process them you know it's sort of like with any healing things it's like some things resonate and some things don't and so i'm like oh my mind was just doing something when i was dreaming it was like it was working something out or it was it had people displaced in this way that made no sense i don't try to i don't like go down that rabbit hole of trying to figure it out so much and ruminate on on that um because i don't find that to be useful um, if I've had a dream where there's a conflict, that feels different to me. It may be useful for me to try to understand what that is. Yeah, I appreciate that clarification because I had a dream last night that um, featured a lentil burrito and I've been like trying to wrap my head around like what was what was that all about mm -hmm. all day? But you know what? Maybe I was just hungry in my sleep or something. Right. And your mind was like, oh, this. And it like placed that there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I saved, I saved the most simple question for last. Um, how can we harness dreaming in order to heal our world, bring about collective liberation and create the world that we dream of living in? Yeah. The, the, the simplest question. <laughs> um, of course, this is like the essence of I mean, my work, but in particular, we healed together and um, the invitation for us to contemplate what collective healing and liberation looks like. And not only to envision that, but then to take action to create what we've envisioned together. Um, 
And, you know, the, in the chapter and we heal together, I write about a dream I had about my grandmother um, and then include a letter I wrote to her in a ritual that she directed me to do. That was part of why she came to me in the dream. I also believe she came to me. um, She comes to me all the time, but I think she came to me in that way because um, she was inviting me to, to consider what was happening. This dream was, in the middle of COVID-19 and a lot of other things were going on and multiple pandemics. And I think she came to me to um, remind me of her and her presence and power and also to ask some questions and invite people into the same inquiries. For example, why do we suffer? And when we sit with that question, what does that allow us to create once we get to the root of that? What does that call us into? So I think our, our dreams, um, given what we've talked about around intention, around recording symbols, around there's something else going on other, in addition to this earthly realm that we can access to heal, that we can set some intentions around healing for our dreaming. And we can, in, we can invite the symbols that come in to be connected to um, our pathway to get to collective liberation um, and, and, you know, a pathway toward deepening our understanding that we're interconnected and looking for that in our, in our dreams. And there's a practice that is a yoga nidra practice that is meant to be done in community where really the essence of that practice is let's dream together around a vision that we have for this world so that we can gather wisdom and then create that. It's just one practice we could we could use um, to do that. We could use a journaling prompt to do that in community and talk about it. I mean, there are many practices. The point is, I think we need to access the more liminal space, um, not ordinary reality, right? Whatever people want to call that, the between space, um, to bring, as I named earlier, wisdom into this realm to heal. The, that that for me feels like my intention around dreaming, not only problem solving for me, but problem solving for the collective because I'm in relationship with the collective and, and really hold that vision for collective liberation. So the liminal space can feel uncomfortable or the unknown space can feel uncomfortable or the void space, they aren't all the same, can feel uncomfortable. And in so many lineages, spiritual lineages, there has been a call to um, access what else might be going on to create balance here and now. And that's how I think we can harness our dreams um, in in all of the ways we talked about. Thank you. Um, But Mm -hmm. that feels doable. Um, I think we could do it. (laughs) So you mentioned dreaming together, um, collective dreaming, and you talk about it in We Heal Together. And um, this I'll link to this in the show notes, but you have an opportunity for people to do that in person coming up in 2024. You're offering a dream retreat. Yes, I'm so excited about it. Um, I um, am offering a dream retreat called Dreamscape. It's June 16th through 20th at Wild Rice Retreat Center. And which is a beautiful space and setting for dreaming. I led a retreat there focused on my second book, Finding Refuge, um, and focused on collective healing and grief last June. And 
the moment I drove onto campus, I was like, I want to lead another retreat here. Um, it feels like a healing space, um, and it in fact is, and it's just in a beautiful setting, and there's a lot of engagement with the elements and right relationship with the land, which I think then lends itself to this this more liminal space and dream space and healing space um, in the way we talked about collective healing and liberation. So that's coming up um, in June, and it will include... Um, dream practices, rest practices, yoga nidra, community building with one another, um, stargazing, right, working with the elements, inviting in that cosmic energy and more um, for um, people to access that liminal space. Um, so, and a lot of reflection, group and self-reflection. So um, I know you're linked to it in the show notes if folks are interested in that. Um, and I'll also name that I, and share, um, in 2024 offering, um, more, I would say shamanic practices and, um, some of them will be in line and infused in other, uh, online and infused in some other offerings. And some will be in my in-person immersions or workshops where I, I guide a journey to access that liminal space and non-ordinary reality. So it's not the same as a, a five-day dream retreat, but there'll be um, more of an opportunity for folks to work with me in, in that way in group and then some some individual offerings too around shamanic journeying and accessing your allies and helpers. So that's coming up too. Awesome. Thank you. I will include your website in the show notes, your Instagram, you're on Instagram and um, would you, is your newsletter monthly? It's bi-monthly. That's a great, great newsletter full of wisdom as well that people should sign up for. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting with me about dreams today. This has been a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for being interested in dreams and for the work that you do and um, for inviting me to be in, in conversation about, about something I love, which is dreaming. Thanks so much for listening to the Homecoming Podcast. The Homecoming Podcast is brought to you by the Homecoming Online Therapeutic Yoga Membership, where we put a lot of the things that we talk about on the podcast into practice. If you'd like to read more about the Homecoming Membership or join, the link is in the show notes, where you'll also find links for my guest and a link to the free February 1st online practice.